Okay, well, I'll just readjust that. Whoopsie. <laughs> oh, God. That will be a rough start for me to edit. <laughs> oh, no. But we're going now. We're going. Yeah, my, f- <laughs> my finger slipped while you were counting, and I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. Oh my god, well, I w- you went early, and I went at, like, five, <laughs> even though I didn't even count to five, so. <laughs> I'll just do a little finagling. Okay, great. Oh my god, for those That wasn't you, our, wasn't our best. Guys, welcome to Paranormal Captivity, where we are learning a new system of recording. <laughs> it works sometimes. I think audio was actually really good i texted julia and i was like oh this sounds really good there's just like a miss i didn't i don't think i even told you this there's a mystery noise that i think was my dumbass having the microphone like because i was still like in bed while i was recording and so i was like holding mm-hmm. the microphone and i think this is harkening back to our early days of recording when the stupid <laughs> oh, microphone no. was scratching on my clothes and so I think it was like the bottom of the new fancy ass microphone that I was bumping up against my clothes yet again. So <laughs> we had one little weird blip. But other than that, I think the audio sounded really good. I hope you guys liked it. Yeah. But it also means we have to like count down and uh... <laughs> start at the same time from 3,000 miles away. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and we are learning. <laughs> We're getting there. Well, I'm not backwards on the couch today, so I am holding my microphone in my hand. So hopefully I'm not making weird like air whoosh noises as it like flops around. Oh, we will find out. (laughs) We will find out. (laughs) Also, I think I might be holding it too close to my face, but I'm too afraid to move it. So there are some like very high sound bars. Oh, yeah. I feel like... Well, it's going to take some adjusting for sure, because what I was editing too, I was like, yeah, there were a few little pops and like a few different little, um, like especially laughing, you know, definitely spikes us pretty high now that we have like (laughs) nice mics and not just our phones. Um, So yeah, it might take a little adjusting and who knows, maybe a little compressor, compressor, is that the right word? Condenser, the thing that goes in front of the mic. We can probably get some some of those at some point if we're feeling fancy, but yeah, for now I think it's a good uh, a good upgrade. From we just got tired of anything over the over the internet's how however good the system is, um, you know we'll definitely cut in and cut out, and so we were kind of getting getting a little tired of that. So I uh, actually I don't think we've talked about our microphones and how mine is the Kylo Ren to your Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a white ball. <laughs> yep, and I have a little black ball that looks exactly like Kylo Ren's TIE fighter. <laughs> um, even though the white one used to be mine and I like forced it on you at Christmas because I didn't have room in my suitcase anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting this to be so large, but I can see how you would easily lose space in it for your suitcase. I mean, lose space in your suitcase for it. Sure. But yes, you are correct. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, enough about our equipment problems and hopefully successes. Um, how are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, just reading the cat who. Oh, me too. I uh, sat at a fun little coffee shop and finished my reading this morning. It was very nice. Oh, nice. I finished frantically as I cooked myself a pizza this <laughs> evening. 
well, that sounds delightful, except the frantic part. <laughs> Julie, don't you yeah. know this is a cozy space, not a frantic a cozy space? space. <laughs> yeah, well, I worked late today, and then I stopped by the grocery store, which made me hate my life, because shopping mm. after work is like when all the everyone shops. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I try to avoid it as much as possible, but I just could not today, so... I didn't yeah. get home till super late, and then I dropped a bubbly water, and it volcanoed oh. everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sad day. So, there was that. <laughs> oh man, part of me really wanted to try to segue a volcanoing bubbly water into the book in some way, shape, or form. I. But I don't, I don't think I can. Know if you can, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like Quillerin's bottled up emotions over these trains, <laughs> and everyone asking if him and Polly yeah, are going to get married. We're, we're talking about trains today. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think Julia and I talked yesterday, and I was like, oh, I was on chapter one, and you were on what chapter three? I think. Yeah. And we were both like, "Is this gonna?" stop being so much about trains at any point and julia was like well not in this section <laughs> not in this section at all yeah we even had a moment where we were like maybe we can just skip this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are certain like moments where there are model trains involved that i was and it like went on for a long time i was like i'm gonna need the cliff notes version of this model train situation plus yeah, get us honestly, to the murder I know, honestly, even the real train situation, I was like, there's too much description of this train right now. <laughs> yeah, although I will say I just had a very, it is kind of timely in my life because I just had the most delightful train situation um, oh. for, yeah, it was super nice for work. Um, we had some live shows, which was super fun. And actually I met some Paranormal Captivity listeners. It was oh. so nice, especially one in San Diego. So that was super nice. Thank you if you're nice. listening. Um, and uh, But on the way back from San Diego, we, uh, and Christine and I took the train. We, we took the train down and back. And it was so nice and so much less stressful than driving or a lot of other forms of travel. Oof, I bet. Yeah, it was so nice. And we took the Pacific Sun Rider? I kept that saying it wrong because there's also right. a Jamba Juice drink that sounds like it, but if it sounds right, that's uh, potentially right. <laughs> yeah, I I think I know what Jamba Juice drink you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the Strawberry Surf Rider. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I kept trying to call the train the Strawberry Surf Rider, and I was like, oh no, it's the Pacific Sun Rider, something else. But it's super nice. It goes like right along the water. And the train was so nice and lovely. Just hop on, hop off. No extra stress. I will say I have also recently discovered my love of trains because I think Baltimore to D.C. is probably a little bit closer than L.A. to San Diego, but the ride is just as stressful. And it's just so nice to not have to sit in traffic. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a part of it, too, when we were... So Em and I got on... Uh, a, a different stop than Christine because we all live in different places in LA and so it was really funny because Em and I as we were we got on first and so we like basically quote unquote like picked Christine up which was really fun <laughs> but like as we were going we were like oh my god this is so interesting because we were in all these different like places where basically the the roads weren't and so we were like oh my god this is taking us like 10 minutes to get from like downtown or Burbank to like downtown Instead of, like, if you took an actual road, it would probably take, like, 30 minutes or something else, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, And we were like, we're in places we normally are, but just, like, seeing it from a different angle, yeah. which is funny. So, I am all about trains. And I did enjoy, you gotta give it to them, that that train description had a lot of champagne in it. So, I did approve of that. <laughs> yeah, it did sound nice. And there actually was... Uh, I was looking into... Before I realized I was a grandma and wanted to go to bed at 8 o'clock, I was for, like, a hot well, second yes. looking at, like, New Year's plan options. And there is a train in... Not anywhere near Baltimore, but in Maryland that does, like, a midnight New Year's Eve train ride that sounded very similar to this. 
Ooh, and it that's made super me, fun. Yeah, it made me kind of want to go on it. But again, I'm a grandma and can't stay up till midnight. So it might never yeah. happen for me. <laughs> but it did <laughs> yeah, sound completely fair. lovely where you just sit and like eat dinner and drink on a train for like a couple of hours while you like see the sights. I will say the thing that I kind of forgot about trains is how intensely jostly they are. There was a line in this section that was like, and, you know, it was gently swaying back and forth. And I was like, bullshit. Once those trains get going, you get real jostled around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if something makes me think that, like, maybe the old timey trains were, like, heavier and didn't jostle as much. Or maybe I'm wrong on that one. But I do feel like you're right. The train between D.C. and Baltimore is incredibly jostly. And I feel like it's about to pop off the tracks every single time. (laughs) But it's also kind of a small train. Like, comparatively to, like, the big cargo trains that, like, I think of, you know? Oh, gotcha. Sure. I mean, we could definitely put this in the firm category of us conjecturing about the past in which we do not know we're qualified to speak on (laughs) and also just things in general that we are not qualified to speak on i know nothing about trains yes a (laughs) hundred percent um so yeah as you can guess this is a very uh train-based mystery this uh this book we are reading yeah the cat who blew the whistle the cat who blew the whistle but also we don't have a mystery yet so I know. Well, you know, we... I mean, we, like, kind of had a cliffhanger mystery. A little bit. We got, yeah, we got a little bit towards the end. So we read chapters one through four um, up until chapter five. Yes. And, yeah, the beginning... You know what we did get, though, that I appreciated? We got a teeny tiny bit of wrap-up on Breakfast Island. Yeah. No, I did feel like there was a lot of, like, continuations that we haven't seen in other books. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, yeah, enjoyed. I also feel like there was a lot of, like, um, like character intros that we don't necessarily get in other books. Like, I feel like this, this book, for some reason, is, like, I think the best sequel to the, or, like, the best continuation on a previous mm-hmm. book, but also, like, the most standalone because she did such a good job of, like, reintroducing the characters. Yeah, I actually was thinking that, too. I was going to say, too, it is a good, um, yeah, I noticed the definitely the character reintroductions and that it did feel a lot more standalone. You didn't feel like you had to read other books to read this one, so far, at least. And it did mm-hmm. also, you're right, it did a really great job of continuing other characters, even from other books. We get Celia Robertson back. A Robinson yeah. back in this book. And Which I'm even... excited about. I know. We may even have her moving to Pickaxe, so that's exciting. Yes. I feel like we're literally announcers for like in Pickaxe, like delivering the Pickaxe <laughs> news. <laughs> we are WKPX, Pickaxe Radio. <laughs> the newest on the Pickaxe. Social scene. <laughs> <laughs> How do I finish that sentence? <laughs> yeah, because they already have a, a radio station. We would just be their uh, their resident like gossip mongers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it already sounds like they have plenty of those themselves. So they don't really need a radio station to monger that gossip, but <laughs> <laughs> monger that goss. <laughs> we are WPKX gossip column. <laughs> Yeah. In a shocking turn of events, Celia Robinson is debating moving to Pickaxe. Into Quillerin's old apartment. Will Polly become jealous? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Will Quillerin slightly lie to Polly about Celia Roberts- Robinson's origin story? Yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. Even though if he were honest, she probably wouldn't be so jealous. <laughs> yes, literally true. <laughs> Oh, man, guys. Yeah, this one was, it was kind of a funny one. It tried to do this um, section, uh, the start of the book, tried to do kind of that, that like, throw you into a scene and then pull back thing that Lillian Jackson Braun has done well in the past. Um, but I will say it was not quite as intriguing this time because it just yeah, starts on... It made no sense. No, yeah, it was just them in it, like, waiting for the train. 
and then it backtracks and then it goes back to them actually taking the train ride um yeah also her like i feel like her when they do that there's usually like a cliffhanger that you're like oh man gotta read the whole book for this but her cliffhanger was like and the train sped off and little did they know that it was almost gonna maybe be sort of its last ride eventually and i was like oh well is it gonna be its last ride or not because now you're making it sound like it's not and yeah i don't care anymore <laughs> and also is the train gonna be murdered and we're solving that crime yeah is it gonna point? like dislodge from the tracks like is it gonna blow up is it just gonna like not run anymore yeah and it wasn't quite like the like she did a great job of that in breakfast island where we got that flash of like Quillerin and the cats in a boat and you're like cats in a boat I must know more but this one is like there are no cats on this train so what are we doing here LJB yeah what are we doing here um yeah so yeah so we get that initial snapshot and then we kind of backtrack we pull back into Quillerin's life after pretty soon after coming back from breakfast island this was another one that didn't uh, jump time very much. It was pretty soon after Quillerin gets back. And yeah, I'm trying to, trying to remember exactly how we get back onto it. It's, it's again, it's the cozy thing. You get into pickaxe and then it's like, you're doing errands. You're talking about the community college. Uh, Quillerin discovers that they are doing a Midsummer Night's Dream, the theater company. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's going to maybe be a thing later. Yeah, because Quillerin actually takes the the assignment from the Moose County something, which is the truly excellent and silly name of their newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes the, the assignment from them that he's going to go to all of their, uh, or at least many of their rehearsals and write, what is it he's writing? He's writing like a... He's writing like actor profiles. Oh, uh, okay. Or character profiles. Yeah. Like actor. He's doing something with the actors he's writing like nine somethings that have to do with the actors nine yeah moose county something (laughs) yes sorry i had to get that in there (laughs) um yeah i also like kind of wasn't clear on it because i feel like when junior gave him the assignment he was like it's not gonna be like an actor bio but you're gonna talk to the actors about their bios <laughs> and i was like oh, all right i don't i don't think i get it but yeah. it is something to do with the actors i think maybe like their perspective on the play or like i think he's just he's just interviewing them and he's doing yeah. like nine profiles like based on the individual actors that are going to be playing different characters in a midsummer night night's dream okay that does make some semblance of sense i feel like sometimes when we get off track it's our fault and other times it's uh, just the <laughs> randomness of uh, the vagueness of these characters telling each other what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this one might be both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually the correct combo. Um, I will say, in this one so far, I am very impressed because Quillerin, in this, in within the first like two or three chapters, has already turned in a piece of writing. <laughs> That alone should be, like, a newsflash for the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he turned in a 1,000-word assignment on model trains. He did. Not toy trains, because he does get yelled at for calling them toy trains. Yes. Yes, he did. And also, he was very uninterested, so I'm impressed that he got 1,000 words out of it. He did have, like, a kind of a fun little snarky moment where he... Where, uh, I think, Junior Goodwinter, who was the editor at the Moose County something... Um, makes a comment about like wow and like you know that 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 long a piece like great work and it's so enthusiastic and Quillerin was like yeah the trick is to always sound like you're enthusiastic even if you are not (laughs) (laughs) the trick is to hide your boredom and hatred of this topic (laughs) yeah so all of this basically starts with uh, Quillerin and Dwight Summers as you'll potentially may or may not recall from uh, Breakfast Island. Um, He was the one that was working for XYZ Enterprises, and then at the end, he basically ended up leaving slash getting fired slash good 
riddance to that job because he was not happy in it. Yeah. Um, and also, I think all of their everything went under when their hotel collapsed. Yeah. Potentially. Although they mention XYZ again in this book in terms of like Polly's uh, building her house now after, you know, mentioning it in the end of um, The Cat Who Came to Breakfast. And um, they mention XYZ Enterprises as like a potential uh, contractor for Polly to use for her house. So I feel like they haven't mm. fully folded. Yeah. Well, I guess. Oh my God. Did... Sorry. Did you hear Franklin? <laughs> yeah. For a hot second, I thought that was Chuni. <laughs> oh, they are like brothers from across the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so loud and clear, too. I was like, oh, bud, <laughs> where, where are you? <laughs> Come here. He's running over. Come here, bud. Oh. Franklin. You want to meow into the mic a little bit? Oh, buddy. Oh, oh, he's coming up. <laughs> I can only imagine what sounds those are going to make later in the recording. <laughs> oh, little guy. Yeah, you won't. Oh, he's doing a little headbutting on the mic. Okay. All right. Maybe you should not be here. <laughs> Oh, God. It's a little more uh, of a setup than it is just with a phone. Oh, yeah. More to play with and knock over. Oh, buddy. Why don't you lay down? Can you lay down up here? Would that be helpful to me? Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're good. Oh, sorry. I got us off track. Where were we? Uh, Polly's house that she's building in Quillerin's backyard. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Polly is quill is building a house in... I almost said quilling. Is quilling a house? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, she she was... Or Quillerin had offered to be like, oh, I think, you know, you could use XYZ Enterprises. You're kind of stressed out. Maybe like a big company with a lot of resources. <laughs> Franklin! <laughs> um, right, maybe like a big company would be a good help. Um, but she's very adamant that she wants to go with a smaller builder, um, from a local town called Sawdust City. Which sounds like a good place to find a builder. <laughs> right? It truly does. <laughs> so this builder just happens to be the son of Dwight Summer's new boss. Um, oh shoot, what is his name? His last name is Trevelyan. But I forget his first name. Yes. Or any of them. Well, Senior Trevelyan um, is this Sawdust City kind of magnate. Like, he kind of runs the city. He's the president, vice president, whatever it is, of this big... Oh, no, he. I think he's the owner and president of this big company. Um and he just has a lot of money and he <laughs> Franklin <laughs> Franklin you're being a little dummy Franklin oh god are you gonna rip up mail god damn it okay hang on I'm gonna chase him into the bedroom real quick I'll be right back <laughs> all right and I'm back <laughs> oh god sorry about that okay um Oh, shoot, where were we? Um, <laughs> Trevelyan. Yes, Trevelyan Sr. Um, yes. Floyd. Floyd! You are correct. Good freaking work, Julia. Yeah, thanks. I'm looking at the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good work in and of itself. Yes, I found his name, which was hard to do because they just call him Trevelyan most of the time. Yeah, I noticed that, that like that last name comes up a lot, even though they're talking about like at this point, three different people with that last name. Yeah, it seems like quite the uh, the spread. <laughs> the spread of, of relatives. The, the spread <laughs> of relatives. <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay, so Trevelyan Sr. has just, uh, Floyd, his name Floyd, um, has just hired Dwight Summers as a PR person because he has put all of this work into, um, apparently, oh, it's a credit union that he runs. Um, so he runs this big credit union uh, uh, in Sawdust City, and he's hired Dwight Summers because he has this idea to run 
his train like he apparently is a huge train enthusiast and he's actually bought like a boxcar from olden times and wants to basically sell tickets um for ride like a champagne ride and i think dwight does most of the heavy lifting on the pr side of like let's give all this money to charity like you clearly don't need it and like let's sell it for five hundred dollars a head it'll all go towards the um Mm -hmm. the new pickaxe community college so uh, they start setting that up, and it's really quick. It's like half a chapter. It's like you get more description of Dwight's model or um, Floyd's model trains than you get of like the actual process of them selling out these tickets because it sells out within like half a chapter. <laughs> yeah, which to me, I'm like five hundred dollars. Absolutely not. I'm not even buying like there are plenty of things in Baltimore that are like for charity and they sell for, you know, like a hundred or so dollars a ticket. And even that I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Someday potentially if I had that kind of disposable income, sure, but yeah. Yeah. Five hundred dollars is like a plane ticket. Well, yeah. Like why are you going on a train ride for that? Go fly somewhere. And like a novelty train ride, because it doesn't even really go anywhere. Like it goes to the next town over. And kind of Mm -hmm. does like a little scenic route and then comes back. Granted, you get dinner included and all the champagne you can drink. So that's kind of a fun plus. I mean, yeah, that's nice. But like, what kind of jobs are there in Moose County that pay that well? That people can just like buy $500 tickets? I mean, maybe the standard of living is a little lower out there. I remember when I lived in Colorado, I saved so much money because everything was so cheap and there's nothing you can like go out to i swear most of my money out here goes to like fun concerts and events and things yeah. that i do did not have access to in colorado <laughs> yeah i mean fair but you're still not gonna spend like 500 dollars on a train ride i mean julia it depends on how much you want to be in the pickaxe elite of the society oh yeah i guess <laughs> also 500 dollars when was this book written? I feel like $500 was more back then. We might be in the 90s now. Maybe it wasn't that much more. Yeah, I think at this point we might be close to the 90s, if not actually in the 90s. Let me just make a whole bunch of noise flipping through my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, okay, 94. All right. Oh, okay. But still, no, you are right. It's a lot of yeah. money. It is a lot of money. But... um. Yes, it does go to, as you said, charity. And I think they were setting up scholarship funds for the community college, which is nice. Yeah, and they said at the end of the ride, they raised like $16,000 for the community college. Yeah, which means that... Can I do math in my head right now? 32 people were on the train? Oh, yeah, I can't do that math. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> well, there were two two rounds, too. So they had a 2 p.m. Oh, okay. That Quillerin and everyone went on are, like, foursome that yeah. we know of. And then there was a 6 p.m. that Dwight also went on and talked about later. Gotcha. Okay, so maybe only 16 people per train ride. It's a pretty... Yeah, I think that's, that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds right. That's a pretty small crowd, and that seems kind of what I was picturing when it was being described that it was kind of like maybe one car full of people and then like a private car because didn't Dwight have his own private car? Uh, yeah, I think Floyd did. Floyd, oh, Floyd did. Mystery woman oh, because we get his this little lady. moment before where uh, Quill. Oh, so maybe we should back up a little bit actually. So before the mystery woman, we'll leave you on a little cliffhanger there. <laughs> Basically, Quillerin looks at sees Floyd there and uh, has already met Floyd previously because he has already interviewed him um, within the first like chapter of the book, and he did meet a woman there, but. He is looking at this uh, potential couple. Like, they kind of look like maybe they could be a couple. But he's like, that is not the woman I met at your home, sir. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we'll leave you on that cliffhanger and then backtrack a little bit to um, right after uh, Quillerin met with Dwight in one of the uh, in the first chapter. Um, Dwight has actually set up a an interview for Quillerin with Floyd to talk about the model trains and the new train and kind of drum up interest in the um the new train rides for charity and um 
so Quillen actually goes to Floyd's house and has like a full interview with him or as full as it can be because he's described as kind of surly and like not really he doesn't seem very eloquent to be honest although uh, it seems like Quillerin does learn a lot of <laughs> railroad slang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he later is very proud of. Yeah. Well, Floyd is also described as not being part of the, like, inherited money crowd. It seems like he was born in kind of, like, working class conditions and just kind of, like, made his own millions later on through whatever he does for himself. Right, yeah, he's kind of described as, like, a local hero because people can look mm-hmm. up to him and say, like, wow, he came from nothing, we knew him when he didn't have anything, and now he's made millions. Yeah, um, which I think is why he's so, like, prominent in the town and kind of, like, runs things, because he's, like, mm-hmm. from there and, like, you know, knows kind of, like, where everyone's coming from in, like, any condition of life, because he's probably been through all of them. Right. It is true. But he also doesn't seem super engaged, I guess, but maybe he's just wary of Quillerin. No, yeah, he doesn't seem super... Well, he doesn't seem super, like, people-friendly. Yeah, that's fair. He does seem, like, kind of silly. (laughs) Yeah, he seems more, like, definitely more interested in his model trains and, like, his big refurbished train (laughs) than than he is in any uh, human to human interaction or friendship or relationship. Right. Yeah. And then we get that even further when a woman comes in in a wheelchair, um, kind of a fancy wheelchair, but she seems, I guess, a little out of it. But even so, Floyd does not introduce her to Quillerin. Quillerin has to kind of say hi himself. They have, like, a really brief interaction. And then Floyd, like, literally just, like, waves her away. Yeah. And Quillerin's standing there like, this is super awkward. Yeah, for sure. And that was very rude. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, Quillerin, we all know Quillerin as, like, he's very, like, he's just, like, kind of a great catty bitch. Because he kind of is, like, (laughs) if you cross what he sees as, like, a manners threshold in any way, like, you're kind of on his bad side. (laughs) Yeah, so he, yeah, he definitely considered that interaction a very strange and was yes. like, who was that woman and why is this guy so dismissive of her? And also, why was I not introduced? Because <laughs> that was another human in the room and I should have been. Right, yeah. And like, meanwhile, that does go back to our little cliffhanger of like, the woman that Quillerin sees him with on the train, the champagne train, <laughs> is definitely the party not the same train. Woman. The party train. Okay, good work. Yeah. You well, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was described as the party train several times, which I enjoyed. <laughs> oh my god, how did I miss that? Yeah. Okay, that obviously makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, okay, I'm actually back on board with the whole train thing because it just... Because party what? train? <laughs> because party train and champagne and, like, trains are great. Why, like, what? I mean, okay, yes, the entire scene of, like, so basically that same time Quillerin is interviewing Floyd, uh, Floyd's showing him his model trains, and boy, did I zone out hard during that description, <laughs> like, yeah. there's just something about it. I don't know if it it's, just like... really wasn't important. No, that's true, too. Well, to unless... completely honest... There are going to be some clues in it later of, like, who knows what kind of mystery murder mayhem are coming down the line. Someone's going to have to re-explain it to me then, because (laughs) I also wasn't paying attention to miniature train details. That's true. Yeah, me neither. Um, So, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Yeah, what else happens? Quillerin makes a little stop into Polly's at the library, and they have a little hello and a little talk about Polly's new um, house that she's building that is currently underway with... Oh, okay. You're going to say it. I was going to say, did... did No, you should say it. (laughs) (laughs) I went too fast. I think because it's not on... I'm like watching the spikes. I need to stop looking at this recording. I think I'm talking too fast because (laughs) I'm like trying to keep up with the spikes that are literally just recording my own damn voice. (laughs) <laughs> you go, you go. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, 
Chaos has a um yes well i was gonna ask if we had mentioned who polly had gotten to build her house or design her house um yeah i think we briefly mentioned it but not quite fully explained it so you yes well right now (laughs) it's floyd's son surprise he has a son yeah and we i don't think we meet him no, we get the impression. I got the impression we were meeting him one night, but it turns out that uh, Polly has basically because I think Quilleran offers to like go with her or something, and she's like, "No, I've got this. <laughs> I'll do it yeah, myself." A, I mean, Polly is being like very indecisive, but also very particular about her house. Which, like, I get. You're building a house. You're investing a lot of money. You want to like make the right choices but like we (laughs) we haven't even gotten through the foundation yet in this like quarter of the book so i don't know i mean it might be finished by the end of the book we'll see but yeah she like barely decided on what kind of basement she wanted and it turns out she doesn't want a basement she wants crawl spaces which (laughs) i don't know how that works but (laughs) yeah i was thinking that too i only know crawl spaces in terms of like in our, our like, attic yeah yeah our creepy <laughs> ones that are like on the second and third floor of our house yeah um but yeah so floyd's son is uh it seems like kind of a well-known like starting off construction manager type of guy i don't know what that job description is called but uh a contractor yeah sure that seems right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Quillerin hears that Polly's like, oh, you know, I got a recommendation for this guy. Um, and so he he asks Floyd about it. And of course, Floyd's his dad. So he's like, yeah, what are you talking about? My son's great. He's like yeah. never done anything wrong in his life. Right. All of his houses are perfect. <laughs> um, but he also asks Homer. Right. In in the library and Homer gives a very different answer that Quillerin was like, Whoa, don't tell Polly any of that. <laughs> yeah, wait, what was that? I kind of forget too, actually. Was, uh Homer said that everything the um oh my god, what is their last name? Trevelyan. The Trevelyans. Everything the Trevelyans like build is cursed. Oh shit, that's right. And so, like the where she's building her house is like over the foundation of like an old house that or an old like barn or an old like something that used to be there. And he was like, "Yeah, that thing got like destroyed somehow. Did it, wasn't, did it get hit by lightning or like something happened to it that yeah. like." destroyed that house and there were like a couple of other examples that I'm not remembering right now but he was like oh yeah don't trust anything that the Trevelyans build or create like definitely don't do like just don't partner with them on anything well he also drops the bombshell that which Quillerin kind of mentions before but Quillerin didn't know the extent of it that Quillerin's apple barn that he lives in used to be Trevelyan orchards. So we're getting a little more backstory on Quillerin's own house uh, because Qu- uh, Polly is building on Quillerin's property. All of that was apparently used to be the Trevelyans. And Homer Tibbet kind of casually is like mentions that, um, just kind of casually mentions that there was a man who hang- hanged himself in Ooh. Quillerin's orchard or Quillerin's barn at the Trevelyan Orchard. And that also, yeah, that, that the orchard was always, like, thought to be cursed, too, because, like, yeah, something about, like, fires in the orchard and, like, all these, like, crazy things that made it so it was, wasn't profitable, um, which I thought was pretty wild as well that we had never heard of before. Yeah. Well, we had also never heard that Quillerin's real name is Merlin up until last the last book. So that's true, and we We're also hear that again getting, this book. We, we do hear that again twice in two books. I feel like Lillian Jackson Braun thought of something new and fun and was like, "I'm writing this into everything." Yeah, or she was like. I'm going to make up for the fact that I just made up this this fact, and now we're just going to talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to back it up with my own, like, <laughs> my own cross-reference here. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we also get, this has nothing to do with anything, but just was funny. Um, Polly brings us the information that poor Homer Tibbet has been, so he basically, when Quillerin is talking to him in the, in the library, um, that day that he goes to see Polly, he's like, Homer, how do you sit on these hard chairs all day? Like you sit here for like eight hours a day and just do research and like read. How do you sit here? And Homer's like, oh, I have a little inflatable donut I sit on. <laughs> and then later, Polly tells us the story that poor Homer Tibbet's little inflatable donut has sprung a leak and has been, like, whistling all day long. <laughs> Which is oh, very funny. <laughs> poor Homer. Poor Homer. I know. I kind of love Homer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. man. So what else? Do you remember, like, what else? Like, we get the train ride. Yeah. We get... Uh, we get this... Yeah, we get the story of the the model trains, which we blew through and didn't care about. We get... Yeah. And we, we don't really get any more information um, about, like, from that interaction, other than what mm-hmm. uh, we've said already. What mm-hmm. else? Yeah, we get... Um, Oh, I guess, I mean, we can go into a little bit more detail about Celia coming oh, up. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, she she came back into the picture. It sounds like Quillerin and her have been in touch, um, like, periodically for a while, kind of like pen, pen pally type mm-hmm. relationship there. Um, but she sent up a new fun culinary treat for him, which everyone <laughs> oh, is... Yeah in love with <laughs> what does she call them kabibbles or something kabibbles yeah you got it kabibbles <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which i immediately read and was like that sounds like cat food it's not cat food but the cats love it anyway <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> well, which is funny because like the ingredients i think um uh mildred is like going through basically like it's like oh yes these are because quiller literally pulls them out during this like fancy champagne dinner <laughs> He's like, who wants a snack? And who wants kabibbles? <laughs> who wants some kabibbles? I would have been like, Quiller, and put your fucking kabibbles away. This is a fancy ass train ride. <laughs> but but Mildred is like, oh yes, these are technically because I think she like teaches um, a or writes a food. Is that something food related? I kind of actually forget what her yeah. She role just seems like before very like creative and artsy, and I wouldn't be surprised if she was one of those people that could like smell something and be like, oh yes, these are all of the scents combined, or like tastes yeah. the food, and it's like, oh yeah, let me name all of the spices and anything. Like she seems very detailed in terms of like art. that's true and like (laughs) and creative yeah like crafty stuff well that's true because she does really quickly when um they all are tasting the kabibbles she's like you know what these are basically just croutons but with like all these different spices and when she lists all the spices cayenne is one of the spices on like in the kabibbles which is funny because like yeah because i read that and i was like your cats like these (laughs) your cats ate that well parmesan cheese was also high on the list so oh fair i can i can i can see that yeah that's fair that's fair also maybe even croutons because like i seem to remember watching some cats like chow down on popcorn before which i was like why that's true my friend's cat does love popcorn (laughs) yeah and my cats have definitely stolen my pizza crusts before (laughs) i mean my cats will definitely steal anything off of our plates whether or not they actually eat it and not just like (laughs) play with it and destroy our apartment is another story (laughs) yeah i mean at this point i don't think any of my cats would steal my food and eat it but in kukas when my cats were like fresh off the streets they you better believe they stole all of my food and ate all of it (laughs) poor little scavengers little scavengers yeah i even remember one time ari i was like cooking and i had a big bowl of vegetable scraps and i look over and she was stealing like the top of an eggplant (laughs) i remember you saying that yeah it was either the top of an eggplant or the top of a pepper and i was like what are you doing but she like just grabbed it and ran it was like (laughs) i don't think you want that but you i guess you can have it I'm not going to stop you unless you want to. I'm certainly not going to stop you. 
Because I kind of want to see what happens, but that's, that's not cat food. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So earlier, I, that's right. We do get the, um, that was just reminding me that we do get the little scene earlier that when uh, Quillerin is talking to Dwight Summers about his new job and setting up the interview with Floyd Trevelyan, um, he does put out a bowl of the cabibbles. And even in the the course of time that it takes him to walk Quillerin to walk Dwight to the door to say goodbye, he comes back to feed the cats and he's like, why aren't you guys coming? Like, you know I'm about to feed you. And they have eaten all of the cabibbles. <laughs> Those rascals. <laughs> Those rascals. <laughs> yeah. So that was so. that was actually the first um introduction reintroduction to Celia we get because Quillerin immediately after the cats ate all of the kabibbles, he immediately wrote her to be like, They're a huge hit. Everyone loves them. Send me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like writing her in code still. Like it will remember all the way back to the Park of Pink Sunsets and the whole little spy situation there. They kind of had like a little a little back and forth of sassy like she was his secret agent he was the handler like kind of back and forth and apparently they're like still kind of writing to each other like that yeah which i find adorable it is pretty cute yeah um yes but she uh later on in the chapters we get another communication from her that she is out of florida and living with her son or her yeah yeah her son and her daughter-in-law yeah so we only met her uh her grandson colin in the previous book and he was the one that like was the secret agent of the secret agent that like got sent in to talk to like the actual murderer at like 12 Um, (laughs) but yeah at like literally 12 but he's the one that was like i'll do it and i'm gonna record it too like he goes above and beyond he's like apparently a great little spy um, so we've met him. He's great. We have not met. So his parents, his dad is Celia's son. And we kind of get a little a little moment of Celia saying how um, she doesn't super get along with her daughter-in-law. Apparently she's a big stick in the mud, I think is literally what she says. <laughs> or like a sourpuss <laughs> or something like kind of old-fashioned yeah, but yeah. fun. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so she's living, she's left Florida, she's sold everything, and she's living with them now, but she's not fully happy, and as Quillen is writing to thank her, he's kind of wishing, like, oh, I, I wish she would, like, move and live here, like, Polly wouldn't love it, but I can't cook, and I'd get a lot of good food from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like he's definitely trying to fill a Mrs. Cobb-sized hole in his yeah, life. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because he was like, oh, should I have a live-in housekeeper? Like, no, maybe I don't need that, but I do want someone to cook for me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, too, because not to skip too far ahead, but there's not a ton else that happens, is that she does decide he, she sends him a letter back. He sends her a sassy, like, thank you for the kibibbles. Um, She sends him a letter back saying hey, like, I'm living here, I'm not super happy, I'm actually thinking about moving to Pickaxe. And he calls her immediately and is like, yes, you definitely should. Um, And he goes out of his fucking way, which is kind of hysterical because he did not go out of his fucking way for Elizabeth (laughs) mere weeks ago in this cinematic universe. (laughs) Yeah, no, he was very unexcited to do anything for Elizabeth. But yeah, for Celia, he's like, I already have an apartment for you. And then like immediately calls Fran and is like, spare no expense. (laughs) Yeah, literally bill me, get it ready. She's driving here herself. It is kind of cute. Like they do make like... LJB kind of paints a really fun picture of Celia as like this really fun grandma because she was actually friends with Junior's grandmother, Grandma Gage, who mm-hmm. will recall and also loved. <laughs> yeah, who Quillerin also loved and who was also like super sassy and whose uh, untimely demise we were solving a couple books ago in the Park mm-hmm. of Pink Sunsets. But so Indeed. she's like a fun grandma. She's like driving a red car and she's like sassy and fun. Um, and now is moving to pickaxe. Woo woo! 
Yeah. And um, unfortunately, Polly is unhappy about it, which I, I hope doesn't drag on through the whole book, because I feel like if this were a real life scenario, Polly and Celia would be friends. Yeah, I definitely get that impression, too. And I truly get so bored of the descriptions of Polly being jealous because it doesn't it just feels a little like patriarchal and like a little like I don't know I just don't really believe it Polly I think I've said that before but Polly's just too cool to be jealous over Quillerin yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) no it's true and also like he doesn't do anything to like help the situation which no I also feel like if this were real life it would be less jealousy and more just like can you just like shut up and give me a straight answer (laughs) you know like yeah I feel like I would not be jealous in that situation I would be like why are you dancing around this like this woman is obviously not competition like I want to meet your friends like stop being a dick yeah he's like intentionally feeding into it in this book at least in this section and it's like truly infuriating because he like it's weird the setup actually because it's kind of like he tries to like he seems almost scared to tell Polly about Celia and about I mean kind of in the same way that he was about Elizabeth so he kind of like brings it up at a specific time and kind of frames it a different way aka sometimes lies about how he knows these people but then he also like feeds into it he also like purposefully like says purposefully doesn't give her all the information to like tease her because he knows that she's jealous which is like i mean fuck off with that just give her all the information she needs and she'd probably you're right she'd probably be fine and friends with the person yeah also if he had just told her like when he first i mean i guess he was doing like a whole secret agent thing but like in the book where he was trying to solve that murder and had her help, like, it probably would have behooved him to be like, hey, I have this, like, I met this friend and she helped me solve this murder. Isn't that great? Like, we keep in touch. Yeah. And then it wouldn't be weird that she would be moving close by. Right. Well, and the same with Elizabeth. Like, all he needed to say was, like, this was a person who was a part of this whole situation on breakfast island she's really unhappy with her family is like really abusive this was the time she got out of her that she could get away from her family and so we're we are all together hopefully relocating her into a better life like oh my god polly would have been so behind that yeah but instead it's like this weird thing of like oh she's fran brody's friend i don't know maybe (laughs) i know her maybe never never met fran brody in her life she's probably in the back seat like who's fran (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, literally. Yeah. Ugh, also, like, honestly, even if he didn't want to give, like, the full explanation, probably all he had to say was, like, I went to Breakfast Island and met her and she, like, adopted me as her father figure and now I'm trying to pawn her off on Derek. Right, sure, <laughs> yeah. Oh say that, at the very least. <laughs> oh, God, he is... He has his own little, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. He's his own person. Yeah. He's Um, a man of the 90s. (laughs) I thought you were going to say a man of the night for some reason. And I was like, (laughs) I kind of want to be called that. (laughs) Oh, God. No, he's not Batman. (laughs) (laughs) No. Although, we do get another little, like, probably him and Polly having sex moment because after the train ride, Quillerin, uh, Polly invites him back to her place for a little nightcap and, like, something else. I feel like there's always some kind of, oh, to look at the blueprints for her house. It's always something that's like, oh, Quillerin, why don't you just come in and, like, say hi to Bootsy? And then it's, like, cut to hours later. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> cut oh, to the next morning. What are you doing there? <laughs> Because this yeah. one does the same thing. It was, like, cut to, like, late that night. Quillerin's sleepy and, go- what, like, going home. And that's when he hears, actually, this is the beginning of the tiny bit of mystery that we do get, this uh, section, is that he hears on the radio, the announcer um, announces that uh, the credit union that Floyd Trevelyan runs 
is uh, being audited. This like huge audit is happening. And uh, it kind of mentions it just a little bit, kind of casually. And Quillerin's like, I'm going to bed. Um, mm. But the next morning is woken up by Arch, who is like, we need more information about this. Yeah, they don't get more information, though. Junior tries. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, I don't know if, like, anything really important happens in between that and them finding out that, like, spoiler alert, it's closed forever. (laughs) Yeah. And that the Floyd's missing. Yeah. That is the actual cliffhanger that we end on is Cooler and finding out that the credit union is, in fact, out of business, closed forever, and that Floyd and his lady companion, who is not his wife, are both missing. Oh, right. Who we've come to learn is actually his secretary. His, like, cross-country secretary? No, I don't think so. I think they were saying, I think it was, like, a weird, I couldn't tell what kind of joke this was, but there was a lot of, like, weird, leery jokes about her, and I think they actually said cross-legged secretary which i oh, don't know what ew, that means what? really and it sounds gross and awful yeah so that's some kind of like weird old-timey description of something i don't care to learn about yeah i read that and i think i kind of blew past it so i was like mm, i'm not ready to unpack that oh <laughs> so. yeah wait no i want to look for it now because i I must have also blown past it and my brain was like that can't be anything but cross country and so I thought she was like an out of town secretary (laughs) (laughs) no I don't I think she was local I don't think she worked somewhere else I don't think I mean I could have read it wrong but there were so many jokes like once we find out that um we kind of have found out that Floyd's missing a little bit early because um the next morning so this is literally a sunday when all of this is happening um which kind of throws everything off because um you know nowhere is really open and like all these reporters have to work on a day when they're not anyway it's like they've it's a little more of an inconvenience um and so quillerin immediately calls dwight and dwight's like oh my god the timing of this like saturday night or saturday where the the um train rides and then sunday morning this is now fully confirmed and announced that the there's this huge audit going on and um Dwight is like kind of beside himself and Quillerin is like well we're gonna get some more information and then through that so we hear from Roger McGillivray McGillivray I think is this other oh. reporter who I like kind of <laughs> forgot about I thought it was Junior as I was reading the chapter and then I went back and was like this was a different person I think oh. um I know we've heard of him a couple times, but I don't know much about he. He's basically a junior replacement. Like he just mm. is like a reporter and not like an editor like Junior is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the one that got the assignment of trying to get more information. And so he goes to. Oh, so Dwight first says, I tried to call Floyd. I couldn't get a hold of him, but that's not super uncommon. Um, and then Roger says, like, oh, my gosh, I went everywhere. I went to his house. I went to their offices and the offices um that's where he gets a lot more information that he apparently phones into the moose county something but they do not run any of it which seems a very fishy to me Mm. yes indeed um yeah i think the most information he gets i mean he doesn't get anything really solid so i guess it kind of makes sense but i mean he says things like he saw a bunch of like auditors clearly kind of auditor type people like shuffling about in the back someone even said something to him i think like oh we're working on it or you know yeah there was like an old man that he talked to Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that guy confirms that floyd is missing with the secretary and i think that's when there were like a bunch of really weird jokes that happened about the secretary which i was like i'm not to make a train pun not on board with this Uh, um, yeah i found the description and we can cut it out if it's too inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) lay it on us i'm sure it's terrible (laughs) we can just or we can just keep it in and recognize that there were terrible parts of our history and current, current society that make terrible descriptions of uh um it's his knee crossing secretary 
that mm. Quillerin then asks if she was a cheerleader and they say something like that. So I don't understand what any of that means, but I feel like it's mean. <laughs> yeah, in my heart, I hate it. My brain doesn't understand it, <laughs> yeah. but leads me fully to think that that is some sexist bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but he did say, now I I know why I thought that it was cross country, because I skimmed over it and heard Red Crossing, and then the next line, it says he met her in Texas. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I forgot yeah. about that. So yeah. she came from somewhere else, but yes, she probably is lo- currently local. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It does seem as if that is the case. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Maybe they're back in Texas at this point. They're both missing. So, I mean, actually, that's true. That's not a bad supposition because, yeah, yeah they are both missing. Yeah. So I think the only other thing we really get I could be wrong is um we get a funny little scene before we find out that the um that the credit union is closed for good Quillerin has to go to the bank and as he's waiting in line he strikes up a conversation with as he does per usual per book a lovely looking young lady in her 20s (laughs) and he uh I mean, we don't know if he was lustily breathing through his mustache. We can only assume. <laughs> but he uh, he does talk to her a little bit, and she seems very, like, into his writing. She recognizes him, and uh, outside of his annoyances at how people tend to recognize him just for his looks or don't remember what he wrote about or, you know, whatever, and just see him as someone who's semi-famous in the area... Um, this person actually knows his writing and like mentions the specific columns that she really liked and um, so he is very flattered by her Um, and they kind of strike up a conversation and she says that she wants to be a writer he suggests she go to the community college Mm -hmm. they have a little back and forth oh this is where we get his name again where he like openly is like oh well my name's Merlin because she he asks her name and uh, she gives him a name that it's like Letitia something. Yeah, Letitia Penn. Oh, yes, Penn. That's right. And he specifically asks her, like, wow, you want to be a writer and your last name is Penn. Is that a pen name? Ha ha. Uh, ha ha. And she's like, oh, no, unfortunately, that's my real name. Like, specifically. And then goes up to the bank teller literally moments later and they're like, oh, thank you so much, Mrs. Trevelyan. Have a good day. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah but that's another mystery because we don't get an answer to it he doesn't confront her about it but we kind of i don't know if you caught this but i am kind of thinking that it's probably his daughter who does uh, he have a daughter yeah so the daughter is mentioned really briefly um when quillerin is asking dwight about the woman in the wheelchair who Uh does turn out to be his wife that's his his actual wife who has some form of illness that they don't they're kind of vague about they don't really know and then Dwight says yeah he has a daughter as well she um, isn't in at the house very often she stays overnight though um, often with her mom because of her mom's condition but the daughter works as a bookkeeper for Floyd's company for the credit union so and we get the little bit that at in the at the bank she's pulling out a lot of money and she's like asking for an envelope for like it's a it's enough money that she's like oh can you please put that in an envelope for me so that could be and Quillerin hasn't met her yet so he doesn't know what she looks mm-hmm. like so I think that might be her and she might hold some clue clues to this whole scenario I mean it sounds like she's involved with something yeah and that she is not Letitia Penn, as she presupposed. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, she is not. Well, I think that's... Am I... Are we missing anything? Our typical question? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Did we do it? (laughs) I think we did it. Yeah. I mean, I can't... I can't think of anything we missed. So, I think we did good. We did it, guys. We did it. We're all here together. The coziest of places. (laughs) (laughs) on a party train 
Oh my god, on a party train. Thank you, as always, for coming with us on this party train. <laughs> Just wish there were more cats on the party train. Is it really even a party yeah. train if there aren't cats? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. We will have the second part of, uh, well, the second, we'll have probably like four through eight, I'm assuming, something around that um, yes. next week. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, pet your kitties for us. And your turtles. Oh, and your turtles. Oh, my God, yes. If anyone has a turtle. <laughs> oh, do you want a turtle? Is that why you're bringing up turtles? Do you have a turtle? I don't know. I, I feel like I always say, and your puppies, but, like, other people might have other animals. That's pet true. Your, pet, pet your other animals that also deserve the spotlight sometimes. That's true. Maybe we should shake it up a little bit. Pet your yeah. guinea pigs and... Your pig pigs <laughs> and, and your betta fish. Just oh, kidding. Don't beta- don't yeah. pet your betta fish, but wave at them from afar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the protocol for betta fish, but do whatever yeah. affection they prefer. <laughs> okay, bye. Yes. Okay, bye. <laughs>